Super serious, super serious, super serious dog podcast. Welcome back, everybody. As you guys can see, if you're watching the video, it's just me and Courtney today. Just us. Just us. But we have a really fun um, topic in store for you guys today. Um, But before we do that, we also have some really fun announcements. So first order of business Spotify. We are officially on Spotify. So if you're listening to us on some other app, but you would prefer to use Spotify because that's your go-to, we are on it now. Hell yeah. Go us. And if you just found us on Spotify, like good job because I think we just got on here. There's lots of people who are waiting for that. It just, Spotify takes a little bit longer to get on. It's a thing. Anyways, um, but yeah, the other really cool, exciting news is that we have just unlocked two of our Patreon episodes, so you guys can get a taste of like what what goes on behind closed doors, if you will. Uh, and, <laughs> I guess behind and the paywalls. super super serious parts <laughs> of our podcast. Yes. So um, Courtney told me that uh, you don't have to be a Patreon to watch them. You can just go to patreon.com and then search for us and find those episodes. Yep. You don't even uh, have to like give them your email. You don't have to do anything. You just yeah. scroll down on our page and. Um, you look for the episode called Clowns Produce 100 Units of Stress. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and click play on that video and have yourself <laughs> a good educational fun time learning about uh, the layered stress model. It's actually a really educational episode um, for us. Yeah, We don't always talk about educational stuff, but sometimes we do. We just put a little gems in there. But yeah. that one is actually about something really awesome. And then the other one is called... The problem is we are primates. Which is actually an interview with Chad Mackin. If you're familiar with Chad Mackin, he's been a dog trainer for like 30 years. Great guy. Really cool. Love his, love his thought process. You watch, if, if you watch it, you'll see my brain like explode and me like get all excited and be like, oh my God, Chad. Like, yes. yes. Like, cause we, I, he, it, I love talking to him. So that was, that was a really awesome yeah. episode. So go yeah. check those out. They are free, 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 free. Like just 100% go watch free. Yes. They're amazing. Yes. Um, and then our last thing, Misha, what's our last Puppy Puppyscapes. We are sponsored by Puppyscapes. So what that means is for a limited time, you can get some sweet discounts on some really cool playground type sort of equipment for your dog. You can get small things like jumps. You can get big things that are like straight up freaking jungle gyms for your dogs. Courtney has some come in in October, which is really exciting. So we'll actually get to play on it um, and stop using actual parks where children are supposed to play (laughs) for our dogs. As a business owner, it's super exciting because they're going to have my logo on them. But like he also makes them with like paw prints on them. So like everyday normal pet owners could also, I mean, they're an investment, but they're really reasonably priced for what they are and the quality that they are. So check them out. Puppyscapes.com. Really cool stuff. And really Um, nice guy, Patrick. Yes. He's from Dublin, Ireland, I think, if I remember correctly. I know, right? He's local in Austin, though. Free deliveries in Austin. 
<laughs> um, so if you want to take advantage of either a 5% discount on a single item or 7% on multiple items, um, what you would do is you'd go to his contact form and say, Hey, I heard about you through super serious dog podcast. What up? Literally phrase it exactly like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's how you can take advantage of that. Um, like when you said, super nice guy made local in Texas and everything's better in Texas, right? Isn't that the saying? It's better. That is right? what some people say. <laughs> that is, that has I, been said. I know it's supposed to be bigger in Texas, but whatever, who cares? Um, cool. I think that's all the housekeeping stuff that we have. So yeah, those are our announcements. Not now let's get into the real super serious shit. <laughs> Super serious. Oh, hang in there, guys. It gets better. Um, so today's topic um, was prompted by an article that just kind of circulated through the internet its way to me. And this is a topic that I think is very confusing for a lot of people. There's a lot of just different information out there. And I think this will hopefully um, kind of explain to you why um, that is and also show you that like, you know, medicine isn't a complete science. Behavior isn't a complete science. We are going to constantly be um, learning more and more as we go through. Um, That's what science is. Yes, exactly. And if you think you're done, (laughs) you're just, you're just in denial. You're not asking (laughs) the right questions. Right. Because there's more to learn. There's always more to learn. So the title of this particular article is called Study Gauges Best Canine Sterilization Ages by Breed and Gender. So, yes, we are talking about spaying and neutering your pets. When to do it, why you should do it, why you shouldn't do it. Um, is there, you know, any kind of downsides to doing it or not doing it? Um, it was written by Joan Capuzzi. I don't know if that's actually how you say her last name, but whatever. Uh, she went to school for uh, veterinary medicine, but she also um, is a writer. Um, so she kind of has like a dual purpose or a dual career where um, she does some veterinary stuff, but she also does a lot of writing and research and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, basically there is an existing study that has already um, happened or taken place or whatever, where they examined 40,000 dogs um, and they were all Labrador retrievers, golden retrievers, or German shepherds. Um, there's a lot of findings about, wow, there's a lot of risks that increase if you spay and neuter too young or if you don't do it at all. Um, there's risks of different diseases. Um, so this new study that she's writing about basically expands on that. So they added... Um, Basically, where is it? 32 more breeds, including toy breeds, large breeds, all that kind of stuff, basically popular ones. Um, They covered three different joint disorders, several different cancers, pyometra, which is an infection of the uterus that can happen in unaltered females, um, urinary incontinence, specifically in females, and um, IVDD, um, which is inter intervertebral disc disease. I was practicing that a lot before the show, just so you know, because that is a mouthful. One of my, one of my friend's dogs actually just got diagnosed with that. Yes. So that is, um, and that's really sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, that is like something that you'll typically find in like wiener dogs or corgis, long, long body type sort of doggos. Um, and, um, they basically evaluated, different age periods. So what happens when you spay or neuter 
at six, less than six months, what happens when you spay and neuter between six to 11 months, 12 to 14 months, or 12 to 24 months, excuse me, and then two to eight years of age. So let's dig in, shall we? Um, so some of the findings. So about 40% of the dogs studied, there was no change in like risks of cancer or joint disease specifically. So 40% didn't really matter whether it was before six months, when they were three years old, nothing. But 60% did have um, a big change. Some of the dogs that, um, and the breeds that were not affected um, or just there, there wasn't a change in risk, I should say, were King Charles, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, Dachshunds, Great Danes, Bulldogs, Jack Russell Terriers. There was a whole list, which Great Danes actually kind of surprised me on that one. And we'll talk yeah. about why <laughs> in a little bit, um, specifically on like joint disease and cancers and that kind of stuff. Um, as far as the breeds where there were discrepancies, um, it seems kind of like generally speaking, um, the age of a small breed doesn't really have much of an impact on specifically joint diseases or cancer. However, Rottweilers, German Shepherds, Labs, um, they really urged in this study to sterilize them much later. Um, and they do talk about specifically um, males versus females as well, because there are a lot of discrepancies, even within those breeds, yeah. <clears throat> uh, the sex of the, of the animal or the gym, whatever. Yeah. Um, some interesting fun facts. So significantly reducing the risk of, um, which one is this one? This is, uh, cancer and joint diseases, six to 12 months for Rotties and labs. Uh, if you wait till they're at least six to 12 months old, you will significantly reduce the risk for Rotties and Labs. Um, whereas German Shepherds, you should wait till they're at least two years old. Um, <clears throat> male Beagles, Golden Retrievers, um, and Miniature Poodles, you should wait until they're about a year old for joint disease purposes. However, miniature Poodles. That's, miniature. Not that's interesting. Not wow, full size. specific. Because like the generalization was like small breeds. Yes. But specifically these poodles. So like you really have to pay attention in these studies, like the way yes. they classify different things. Yes. And if you have a mixed breed pound puppy. Yeah. I'm shrugging for those of you who can't <laughs> see yeah. <me> right now. <laughs> um, and then as far as like cancer statistics goes, uh, male and female border collies and boxers are probably at the highest risk for complications if you um, spay and neuter them too early. Boxers, they say, don't spay them before age two. And the specific um, statistics are the risk went from 11% um, to 20% if you neutered them too soon or spayed them too soon. Specifically for males, um, it went from 17 to 32% if you neutered them too soon, which is, that's, that's pretty significant. That's huge. Yeah. Um, border collies wait till their year. It didn't specify whether males or females. So yeah. Um, then they go into more detail about like other cancers and pyrometra, um, apparently St. Bernard's, Rottweilers, Shetland sheepdogs. Um, there's a 12% risk, increase in risk if they're not spayed. 
of getting that. And that's something that typically develops much later in life. They don't typically tend to see that early on. It can happen. That's pretty nuts. So, Courtney, when somebody asks you, hey, I know you're not a vet, but like, when should I spay or neuter my puppy I just got? What are your thoughts on that? What do you usually tell people? It depends. <laughs> and this is why. Ta-da! Uh, it really, 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 really depends. It really, really depends. Um, it depends on their reasoning. Um, it depends on their vet recommendation. It depends on so many things. The breed of the dog. Uh, it's, it's a conversation to have. And I think they should get a lot of opinions. And I stress that ultimately it's their decision on what they want to do with their dog. And they need to know the risks on all sides. Um, what I don't like <laughs> uh, is, unfortunately, the rescue situation in the U.S. Um, and how they do a lot of, um, like, very, very young spay and neuters. Like, we're, we're talking, like, eight weeks old. You or guys. younger. Sometimes um, younger, yes. Younger which than is, eight weeks. And like that is not okay. Um, but I understand their reasoning for doing it. So I don't take a like strong like, you should never do that because I also understand what, what they're trying to prevent by doing it. So like, don't get mad at me for saying that I think it's dumb to spay a dog under eight weeks. I just developmentally for the dog for a shitload of reasons think it's dumb. Um it's it's a tough call to make though. It's it's there is no concrete answer. There is no you should always wait till they're 18 months. You should always wait till they're 3. You should always wait till they're 6 months. Like yeah. It's a case by case thing and every person has to make those decisions and take those risks and know what they're dealing with. Um like I I have an intact female. Um because I she's a border collie and I knew I didn't want to spare her before she was 2. Um, and then COVID happened and it's just not a priority right now. It's like, mm -hmm. well, I mean, I've already dealt with it for two years, yeah. not going anywhere. Nothing's really changing. I do plan to spay her, um, sometimes, yeah. sometime before she hits her senior years, um, just to like, cause what that study sounds like and what I've mostly heard is there's some happy medium yep. where you're most likely to prevent joint diseases and cancers. Um, but, you know, on that note, also, you could live the most healthiest life. You could do everything, quote unquote, right. You could eat the perfect food. You could yep. all of these things. And your dog could still get cancer or your dog could get hit by a car or you know, a million things could happen to your dog. So you're right. always taking a risk. And unfortunately, dogs just don't live forever. Um, and that's just a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. For you personally, what is what was your reasoning for wanting to wait until Phoebe was two? Um, for Phoebe specifically, was I knew I knew I didn't want to do it before a year because of what I had heard about cancer issues, as well as her developmental um, problems and her back legs and mm -hmm. how weak they were. Um, we had we had a period of fear. We had a we had a pretty long fear period, and I I just wanted to keep as much hormones as we could pumping through the body because, um, I mean, hormones give you confidence. They do a lot. They do a uh, lot. Hormones do of, a lot of different things. Right. A lot, so a lot. they they regulate hunger. They regulate 
all kinds of crazy things. So I, I wanted um, to keep her as naturally intact as possible. Um, yeah. I didn't want to alter her chemicals. I wanted to get her as, as built up as possible. I wanted to get her joints as strong as mm-hmm. they could be um, and her body to grow as much as it could um, yep. with, with what I saw in her. Um, you know, Reddy was intact until he was about three, mm-hmm. three or four. Um, didn't, didn't his, his testicles like bruise really badly or am I thinking of Dublin? I think you might be thinking of Dublin. Okay. Okay. Ready? One of our friends, one of our friends' dogs had like horribly bruised nuts. They were like purple for like two weeks. It was bad. I don't she had to ice that. her dog's balls. <laughs> I, I do not remember that. I don't think that was me. Um, no, Ready I think had that was like Kelly. a patch of hair that covered his balls. So honestly, I forgot they were there a lot of the times because like I never saw them unless he was sleeping on his back with those legs. And then they were so red and they angry were like, looking. Yeah, they were like pink red things. And I was like, gross. Um, <laughs> Honestly, the only reason I decided to get him neutered was because I was doing a lot of hiking. Um, and when we would pass other dogs, the the other dogs would target him out of a group of dogs. Yeah. Um, we had several close calls of fights, and it was very it was like painfully obvious that he smelled different and they were going after him. Yeah. And so it was putting him in bad situations and we weren't at a great place in our life my life we weren't at a great place in my life and i was like this is too much stress for both of us and it's taking away our enjoyment of this hiking thing that we do together so mm-hmm. we're gonna go ahead and get you neutered and he was you know very confident drivey dog and it, it didn't change much honestly yeah. he he was very much the same right right um yeah i i kind of agree with you that i I think I told you this earlier when we were hanging out with puppy um, that I strongly urge my clients when they ask me that question to get multiple opinions. I tell them to at least call three different vets, including their own or are on top of their own usually, but ideally at least three different sources um, and ask specifically about like just general guidelines. If they have like any specific age or breed specific requirements. A lot of times what the the vet will say is, well, let's bring them in for an exam. But if you tell them like, no, I'm just trying to do my research and just trying to get other opinions, like that kind of stuff, usually they'll kind of give you at least a ballpark. Right. Right. And if they're not willing to, then move on until you can call some other vets, because I know that, that that's not really that that they're not giving us specific medical advice is like, Oh, take these pills. Right. Like they're never going to do that without an exam. Right. Um, and then also I encourage them to look stuff up and sort of do what sits right with them. And it's specifically because I've heard anecdotal evidence that like, Oh, when I spayed or neutered this dog that I had this puppy, their be- their temperament changed in a positive way. They were starting to show aggression and it nipped it in the bud. But honestly, personally, in my in all my years, I have never seen a dog who has truly had aggression issues get neutered or spayed and it really changed much. Because honestly, at that point, it's the, the dog set in habits. It's not necessarily hormones causing it. Um, I used to be one of those people that would be like, what? They don't have their dog spayed or neutered? Like, ew, like, oh my God, aren't they going to have an accidental baby? But it's like, I don't get accidentally knocked up. Like, that's not a thing. Um, and like, I've, I personally, like for me, 
Um, this may be TMI, but too bad. <laughs> um, I'm not really like a big birth control person. Like personally for me, I think it really fucks with me. Um, I don't like the way I am when I'm on it. I've had to take it for migraine purposes and for other health reasons. But generally speaking, I tried to avoid it as much as possible because it makes me crazy. <laughs> um, and I don't like it. Um, and so I can imagine what having a hysterectomy might be like. And I've known, I've had family members who have had hysterectomies and that's what's happening. Like people don't realize that when a dog goes in and gets spayed or neutered, they're not just having a vasectomy and they still get to keep all those organs intact, which will, which is very beneficial to their system as a whole, in my opinion. Um, they, they just, they just pull everything out. No more testicles. They castrate and they give the, and they remove the uterus. Which, if you're so, if you're if your dog is at a high risk for pyometra, sure, maybe that is something to consider. Of course, because an internal infection sucks no matter where it is. But like that's that's pretty fucked up. So a lot of the people that are okay, I. I've noticed, I'm not going to generalize everyone, but from what I have noticed in people I have interacted with, um, is that people <clears throat> will be super anti ear cropping and tail docking, um, and do claw removal and things like that. Um, because that's inhumane and that is animal abuse, um, to put a dog through something like that for aesthetic purposes um but an invasive surgery is mm, to mutilate their sex organs mm, just so that you don't have to be responsible it's, for an accidental or what their hormones tell them to do mm-hmm. yep. mm, they're taking the easy way out a little bit just a little bit right and and that being said like there's always going to be gray area right like you can you could very much argue like well Ear cropping's purely aesthetic. So that's aesthetic, whereas spaying and neutering is functional. And especially if somebody's doing it Honestly, because though, they want to like, prevent cancer. Right. Yeah. Like not all ear cropping is purely aesthetic. Like right. there are lots of benefits to having a dog with stand-up ears rather than a dog with floppy ears. Um yeah. because those closed <clears throat> ear canals are way more prone to ear infections. Yep. And so I mean, right. I don't particularly know the reason off the top of my head, but I'm sure that there was a good reason for originally docking dogs' ears. Right. Probably had to do with their working purpose. Yes. You know? And it's the yeah. same thing with docking their tails. Like, there was a purpose to it originally. Right. Remember, dogs don't serve hardly any of the purposes they were built for. Right. <clears throat> nowadays. So, like, there's a lot. Right. You know? Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's just a lot. Like, right. I don't know. If you guys can't tell, I don't take a firm stance on like <laughs> either me, side of this argument. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. And, and just to be clear, like if you decided, Hey, I really want to spay or neuter my puppy at four months old, right. My vet recommended it to me. I'm going to do it. Right. Like we're not going to freaking judge you. Um, that is not our place at all. You have to make those decisions. You have to hopefully make an informed decision. That's right for you and your dogs. My, both of my boy dogs are neutered. Um, and I was all for it. I probably would do it again. Um, yeah, like I said, I neutered ready cause I was tired of him getting picked on. Like that is a, right. uh, technically a selfish reason to neuter a dog. Right. Right. Um, but like my next dog, like I, it's probably going to be a girl and she's going to be a puppy and I probably won't spay her for a while. Uh, I don't know 
if I ever will, or if I won't, or um, what age, I think it's just going to depend. I'm looking at a few different breeds. So I'm going real slow with this whole, like picking out a puppy thing. If you guys can't tell <laughs> yesterday, Courtney and I were hanging out with another friend and she was like, Misha's the most responsible person who wants a puppy I've ever met because it is taking her for fucking ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You um, and like Ivy's mom. Yeah. Ivy's mom wanted her for a while. And really? Then, and then found out about me before she got Ivy. Oh, that's what she awesome. told me. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it when people find a trainer before they get the dog. It's amazing. It always baffles me when like, you know, I've worked at, at places where like we have a high volume of dogs that come in for training and stuff. And it always baffled me when people would be like, yeah, just call us back when you get the dog. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Start teaching them shit now. Yeah. Send them resources now. The dog is a distraction. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So whatever you decide to do, right, do your freaking homework. Um, screw people that may judge you. Yeah, I was going to say, go to the whatever, dog park. You, whatever you do, do, <laughs> do, do, um, <laughs> whatever you do, do, like, just stick to it. And like, if Yep. Like people are going to judge you regardless. There are so many sides to this argument that yes. intact people are going to judge people who have their dogs fixed and vice versa and all the in between. And then there's people like me who just like, don't care as long as you're being responsible. Yes. Um, if I see you being irresponsible and I don't think you can handle what your dog is and it, you know, your dog is breaking out of your gate every day. Right. To go fuck yeah. the neighbor dogs. Like I'm going to tell you to neuter your dog. Yep. Because you're not being a responsible dog owner. Right. Right. Exactly. Like it's a case by case thing. Yeah. And if we're, we're going to post the uh, link to the article specifically in the um, show notes, so you'll, or in the description, so you'll be able to have access to it and read it yourself and do some more reading and that kind of stuff. Um, there's a ton of sources listed in there too. So you could, you could go down a very deep rabbit hole if you wanted to. Um but yeah, I mean, like even from just this one teeny tiny little article, you can tell there's a lot of discrepancy and a lot of things that you have to really like, even within one breed, male versus female might have drastically different outcomes Do for you know, associated risks. Because I didn't read the article. Um <laughs> Misha just taught me about the article. Um, <laughs> do you know if they used like a litter of that breed or if they pulled from different litters? Um, because like I, the genetic makeup might have an um, yes. impact um, as well. Like family lines and stuff. Right, right. I don't know. That would probably be in the sources um, for the article, which I, I honestly, I didn't delve into. I just saw all the sources and was like, cool, there's good sources here. Lots of them. <laughs> Cause like, if I see an article that doesn't have that, I'm automatically like mm, major big hunk of salts is going to not just a grain, a big hunk of salts going to go in there. Um, it did say, um, I wrote a note on like what, there was something about the dog specifically. Dang, I broke Misha, guys. I asked. No, 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 no. You didn't break. I, I was taking. <laughs> I, I wrote notes. No, I didn't. I, I don't know. I don't know that information. So fair enough. Fair you can enough. go look that up yourself, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been an interesting ride coming from rescue to where I am now, specifically because, like, like I said, I used to be pretty fucking judgmental about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, as you do when you're young and think you're doing the right thing and I part of a big a movement. Of, I, yeah, I think a lot of uh, 
new people in the dog world are very judgmental. And I think a lot of older people in the dog world are very judgmental. But there are a couple of us in between. And that's where I like to stay. Of just like, yeah, you do you. And just try to please try to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just pay attention yeah. to what the dog is doing and what it exactly. needs. Um, <clears throat> one other thing that I actually just thought of is also there are considerations for like boarding and daycare type sort of places and that sort of stuff. There are some places that will say you cannot come in here and bring your dog in here or board your dog with us unless they are spayed or neutered. There's Um, a ton of places like that. That's as far as I know, very standard operating procedure. There's only a few places that will accept intact dogs and, and that is unfortunate, but I also just like with rescue, totally understand why they have to put down that generalization mm-hmm. because, I mean, I started off as a kennel tech. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> you were getting paid like $9 an hour. Tops. Exactly. And like, I picked up a lot of poop. You know, I listened to a lot of music and I played with dogs. And, um, you know, putting an intact dog in a yard full of not intact dogs, like what I explained with Ready, kind of makes yeah. them a target. So, yeah. You have to be aware of what's happening. You have to step in. You have to make sure you mediate those conversations. And if you don't have the skill set to do that, a lot, a lot of damage could happen. Right. <clears throat> right. So it, right. they have to do that to keep themselves as right. a business safe. So don't be discouraged by that. Just keep looking around and see if there are other places. And if you ultimately decide, you know what, I need access to these types of services because I work a lot or whatever, right? Or just I want to utilize, I really like this place. Mm-hmm. My last dog went there, whatever it is, right? You know, just just make an informed decision. Don't just do something because that's the way you have, you've always done it. That is always a big fallacy um, that's that like, people do with Like dogs. I said, that's the science is learning more and asking more questions and realizing that maybe your opinion is wrong and you should change it based off science and what you've learned. And Um, and maybe there's new information present, right? Exactly. So you should just look. I mean, it takes two seconds to Google stuff. It's very easy to find information these days. Um, It's kind of sometimes there is a lot of information out there and it is overwhelming and analysis paralysis is a real thing because then you have no idea what the fuck you're supposed to do because the, it is so conflicting. So that's, that's also why we say, you know, when you do make a decision, stick to it. It's your decision. Like, yeah. Right. Do do the damn thing. It's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to leave you guys with, before we go, I'm going to leave you guys with a little nugget. Um, of I guess wisdom or something. What? Go drop some wisdom on these kids. (laughs) So um, there's a a fun saying. I never, I didn't hear this until like literally this year. Um, I was watching a YouTuber. She was um, explaining like how to craft something or whatever, and she gave some really good advice on like how to research right for your project. But I think this applies everywhere, Um, and that is. Basically, if, if you have a question, you before you just go rushing to somebody else to get the answer, aka just rushing to your vet, um, there's a really fun little sing-song, catchy little thing that will help you um, help you out. Ask three, then Ooh, me. Sing-song. Right? Ask, Ask three, three, then, then me. me. So what that means is go to three different sources. Google, right? Go to the library whatever, right? And that can be three different sources on Google, three totally different ones. Here's a rescues website. Here's um, 
you know, Oxford freaking whatever university's website. Is that a university? I can't remember. Oxford. Yeah, University of Oxford. Okay. Yes. I had to sorry, brain fart, right? And then and then maybe go ask your vet. Or it's okay. Ask, I don't know my universities very right. well. I'm not a <laughs> right. It's scholar. one of those like, one of those world famous ones in um across the ocean. Harvard? No. I'm Harvard's done. here. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but yes. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, or, or whether that's ask three different vets and then go ask your own personal vet. And then that way, when you come to them, you have an informed decision or you have an informed question, right? You're not just saying, Hey, um, how do I train my dog? Right. And I think that applies for dog training as well, because like, well, what do you mean? What is train training mean to you? Is that sit? Do you just want me to teach your dog sit? Do you want your dog to be super obedient and respond to a shitload of commands? Or do you just want your dog to not be an asshole, right? And you don't care if it listens to you when you say sit as long as- that all falls under the umbrella of training. Right. So the same kind of- you want to do tricks? You want to do a fucking backflip? Right. Right. What is- So you have to kind of do some digging and define that stuff. So ask three, then me. I think that's going to save you a lot of headaches and also help you just be a better dog owner in general. And maybe you'll apply that to your personal life. Who knows? Look at you with your little nuggets of wisdom. Nuggets. Somebody put that in their pocket and just take it with them. (laughs) Take it. Somebody's be like, oh my God, I heard that when I was like four. Whatever, Misha. (laughs) Yeah, but then some other person is going to be like, I heard this thing on a podcast the other day and I have a question. So maybe mm-hmm. I should uh, look mm-hmm. at three places and then mm-hmm. make an informed decision. I very much have a tendency to go like immediately ask people when I like, I'll be in the middle of like doing something. And my first instinct is always to go ask someone because that's, I just learned better that way. I'm more hands on, but that can be really fucking annoying when you have to like stop and start and ask somebody like 10 different questions over and over again. So, you know, it's very valuable information for me. Um, but yeah, uh, well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember we just released two free Patreon episodes. So definitely go check those out. Uh, clowns produce a thousand, a hundred units of stress and Not a thousand, problem- just a hundred, sorry, a hundred, a hundred <laughs> clowns produce a hundred units of stress. And, um, the other episode is the problem is we are primates. So check those out. If you like it, you can definitely subscribe. Um, if you want to support us financially, et cetera, go to patreon.com forward slash super serious dog podcast. I almost said something totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, We we know what our podcast is called. We're totally into this. This is super serious. We always take it super (laughs) seriously as you can see or hear if you're not watching. Yes, exactly. Um, you can also email us at super serious dog podcast at gmail.com. Um, try saying that 10 times fast. I was going to say, also, you send us a video of you saying super serious dog podcast 10 times fast. We'll give you a prize. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm yeah, just saying. I don't, don't know what the prize is going to be, but it'll be cool. That doesn't matter. It'll be cool. Yes. Try it. Um, did Ten I ever times. tell you about the time um, I... <laughs> this is how Misha wraps up a show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> With an ADD outro. Uh, <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time that I won a like little portable to go coffee, reusable coffee cup from Einswick Dog Quip because. Oh, um, yes. Yes, you have that. <laughs> you did tell me about that. So basically the canine paradigm has this pre-recorded intro 
uh, recorded by this guy, Lofty Fulton, who has this like super deep, silky, freaking. One, one day we'll have one of those yes, pre-recorded one day, intros. One day. But he's got a very silky, deep um, Australian voice. Um, and it's it's a really fun intro. Um, and who doesn't enjoy a good accent? And so they were like, all right, if you can do your best Lofty Fulton impersonation, you will win a prize, right? And nobody did it. And I was like, you guys are crazy. And I can't tell you how many times I recorded it. Cause like, it took me a while <laughs> because I, I get freaking laughing. To sound um, like Australian man. Just, just doing it, doing an accent in general, like, and, and like sticking the landing on it and being like, convicted. all right, well, if you can say so. super serious dog podcast 10 times with an accent, we'll give you two <laughs> prizes. No, fuck that. Honestly, if, if you can do that, like, I will just give my business to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm realistic, so they'll try it. Come on. Um, yes. If you can do that, universe. All right. That's it. Are we done? Bye, friends. Super Serious Dog Podcast. Super Serious Dog Podcast. Super Serious Dog Podcast.